So I was going to talk about the post office. Not kidding. Got a whole show prepped about it. Got a whole set of notes right in front of me about it. And then I realized two things. The first thing I realized is that my buddy Mike over at Mill Serp Writer had posted something that I had to read because that's what I do. And it knocked me completely off the post office. I mean, it's just so distracting. And I'll tell you about it here in a second. The second thing I realized is that by this point, if you don't realize that the post office scandal, quote unquote, is a political red herring, there is literally nothing I can say that would convince you otherwise. If you're convinced that Donald Trump is messing up the postal service, I know two things about you. One, you're a moron. And number two, you're a partisan moron. The Postal Service has been messed up since 1970. And trust me, neither neither party cares. They want it that way. So I figured in the face of Millsurf's comments, maybe I should just go a different direction today. So then I started thinking, should I talk about what Millsurf was talking about? He has a brilliant column yesterday about ideas and how ideas can be defeated or people try to defeat ideas anyway. And he, he drew back on a couple of things. He drew back on one of my favorite TV shows of all time, The Twilight Zone. He went back to the Rod Sterling episodes, the real ones, and he referenced one of the episodes that I really hadn't watched before. I've watched most of them, but this one, I don't know. I just missed it, I guess. I knew it existed, but I hadn't really watched it. And so that started me down the path of how do I watch this? Well, it's not on YouTube. It's not on Netflix because it's a season four episode and Netflix only has seasons one, two, three, and five. I don't know why. So then I thought, well, I'm going to buy it. So I went to Amazon, and of course they have it for sale, $2.99 high def, and that's great, but they also mentioned that one of the streaming services that I've been paying for for years and haven't used has it for free. So, well, not free. I mean, I pay $6 a month for it, $6.53 a month, which I bought because I thought I was going to watch Star Trek Discovery, but I never did. So I went over to that and spent the next 50 minutes watching that episode which left me with a lot of thinking to do, a lot of reactionary type stuff and a lot of considerations of things that aren't just the standard, see, we told you Donald Trump was coming takes that everybody else seems to have about the episode. There's, there's, there's more depth to it than that. And that's going to take time. And I already have a show scheduled for tomorrow uh, that uh, is in the process of being put together. I've got a guest tomorrow. Yay! I don't normally do guests, but we got one for tomorrow. And we're going to have a political debate. <laughs> air quote, air quote. It's, it's hard to have debates between two people that actually agree on most things, but we happen to disagree on one thing, and so we're going we're gonna to hash that out tomorrow. You'll have fun. I promise. 
Well, actually, I don't promise. I promise I'll have fun. I don't know if you will or not, but you can try. At any rate, the point being of all this that the uh, that's already scheduled for tomorrow. So then the UPS thing goes off, USPS thing goes off till at least Friday. If I do it at all, I, I hate to say this, but I, I may have prepped a show that I'm never going to do. Because, again, if you can't figure out that the Postal Service crises, the Postal Service scandal, is the scandal is that we're calling it a scandal. The scandal is that Congress is pretending that they actually give a rat's behind about it at all. They don't, except that they think you do. They've convinced you that all the mail is being delayed. They've convinced you that Donald Trump hates you and is cheating so much that they've got to hold hearings and ask questions and make accusations. And in the meantime, they haven't said a word about the $8.9 billion loss that the, that the post office buried last year. Anyway, so I thought, well, I'm not going to get into that. But what can I talk about today that, you know, is of interest? And I realized that the other day my daughter, who, uh, her fiancé, and I don't know if I should say that or not, her intended, is currently stationed aboard a United States naval vessel that, you know, Navy vessels, they go into harm's way. That's what they do. That's why they go fast. Give me a fast ship for I intended to go into harm's way. Uh, she was a little concerned about a news item. And so we spent some time talking about the Chinese submarine seen entering the underground submarine lair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dr. Evil has come to life. And so this was a, a major news item around the world. It was shown uh, all over the place with the submarine entering what appears to be an underground lair. And in fact, uh, it, it, it actually is an underground submarine lair. That's the pretty remarkable thing about it is that this thing does actually exist. I mean, it's, it's not hidden or anything like that. If you go on Google Earth, you can find it. It's just a little bit south of the Allen naval, uh, naval Base, Chinese Naval Base. It's, it's right there. Of course, this, the, the Google Earth thing is a little bit dated here. You can see the coffer dam where they're, they're working on stuff, and you can see the shoreline still hasn't been dug away uh, like it will be eventually. So it still doesn't look quite the same. You can see in the, in the news photograph where all that stuff's been cleared away, and they can open that mountainside up now and sail in and out of there, get into there. The, uh, the idea here is that you take this, this little island here and you turn it into a submarine bastion. The, the, the Germans came up with this idea in World War II. They built the submarine pens in France. You ever seen those? I should have gotten a picture for you, but I didn't. But the, uh, the upshot was that they built these big concrete bunkers in France and in Norway where the submarines could pull in and they would be safe from the Allied bombers. Except that, you know... There's a problem with, with things like this that, for some reason, nobody seems to pay attention to. And in 1940, 1940 the, the Germans built these things. But by 1945, they were, they were wrecked. I mean, the bombers just came over. And there, there comes a point where you drop so many bombs on something that you might not destroy it. But in terms of naval warfare, all you're trying to do is make something ineffective. And you win. So... You sink enough ships in the port, submarines can't get out. 
even if they could get out of the pins. Now, you know, submarine warfare ended up doing some damage and things like that. And these submarines, uh, we, we finally defeated the submarine menace, the U-boat menace in the Second World War. Since that time, of course, submarines have become strategic assets, uh, particularly with the ballistic missile submarines, the ones I served on, or the fast attack submarines, whose life is to hunt the ballistic missile submarines and other submarines as well, close sea lanes of communication. The use of ballistic missile submarines is logical in the one sense. I mean, it makes sense to put your strategic assets, nuclear weapons, aboard an asset which cannot be located. Uh, This is the problem with land-based missiles. They can be spotted on satellites. They can be spotted by aircraft. People will walk around and go, hey, look, there's a missile. Uh, You can find out where they are. Bombers have similar problems in that their launch sites are well-known and they're slow. So you have plenty of time to get to where you're going and take them out. Missiles, by the way, land-based missiles are highly effective because they're very accurate. They're hyper-accurate. But again, they can be counterforced with an initial attack, and it doesn't take much to knock them off. And again, like I said with the submarine pens, if you disable them or degrade their effectiveness, you win. And the same is true with nuclear weapons. Sorry, nuclear weapons. If you degrade their effectiveness, you functionally win. And I know that's a strange thing to say when you're talking about atomic warheads, but there is some truth to that, and it's something that needs to be considered. So when we see these pictures like this, of this Chinese submarine entering the mountainside, which is kind of cool, I think. I mean, that that whole base right there is on a peninsula that is on an island. So if you pull out far enough, you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, It's Hainan Island. And there's a huge naval base. There's something here of of interest that I would tell you. See this right here, this line right across here? That's to, that's the, the deep water curve, so the, the, the 200 fathom curve, whatever you want to call it. So these submarines don't have to spend a lot of time charging out into the, to the ocean to get where the deep water is so that they can hide. I mean, that's, that's the general idea here. If you climb up here to the, to the submarine, to the actual base, you'll see a couple of boats here. That's obviously a Chinese Zia-class boomer. Uh, a couple piers over here is one of their Jin-class boomers. What's the difference, you ask, Dave? Well, the Jin is on top. The Jin is virtually a copy of the, Soviet, the old Soviet Yankee boat with some obvious updates. Um, I've always found them to be particularly ugly. I, I don't know why the Yankees were particularly ugly boats. The Delta IV class, which is the, the main Russian boomer up until the Borai class was commissioned a few years ago, hideously ugly. The so-called turtleback over the missiles there was way high because it had to be. The missiles were bigger. And anyway, the, the bottom one there is the, the Gia class. That's the one that we were, that's the one that we were showing first. Um, let's see this one here, the Gia class. And these are more modern-ish boomers that supposedly would be available to the Chinese. Now, again, you see the submarine entering the the pin there, but if you close in on it, you can tell that it's clearly not a ballistic missile submarine. It is clearly an attack boat, probably nuclear, sorry, nuclear. Although it could be, I'm not an analyst, uh, but there's a couple of things about this picture that bother me. I'll I'll tell you 
point blank. Um, the number one thing that bothers me about it is the tug that's aft. That's a whale of a hangover on that deck. And I, I realize that the, the tug may have a very high bow and a clipper-shaped bow, but that's, uh, that's not how I would want my submarine pushed if I were, if I were on my submarine. Um, the other thing that bothers me about all this is, is where they're, it doesn't bother me in the sense of I lay awake at night worrying about it. Uh, but these, these Chinese boomers, these Chinese submarines are being pushed into this mountainside that again is, is we know where it is. I mean, that's the thing. We, we know where this is. This is available to you on Google earth. You can look it up and see it yourself. So, you know, if you can see, let's zoom in as far as we can here. You know, if you can see that, you know, a keyhole satellite controlled by the United States military uh, probably is picking out the, the, uh, the hat colors on those guys on the front deck there. It's probably picking out the whole numbers and how many acoustic tiles are missing and that sort of thing. The, the idea is that being able to see this stuff, again, this is not a mystery. This isn't something that's going to spread. Oh, my God. The Chinese are hiding their submarines in, in, the, in the mountainside submarine base. It's the old, uh, Mike sent it to me yesterday again. China may be using the ocean to hide its submarines. I mean, it's kind of one of those headlines where you just kind of go, yeah. <laughs> Look, here's, here's why I don't necessarily... I worry about this. this is an engineering feat. Don't get me wrong. This thing is a remarkable bit of engineering. And it's something that I wouldn't mind seeing. We're told that this thing extends back here quite a ways that they suspect, quote unquote, the CIA, the NIS, uh, Naval, not NIS, Naval Intelligence. Uh, others think that this, this interior of this base is pretty extensive and designed to hide their submarines from prying eyes, which is fine. I mean, we kind of do the same thing in a way. We just didn't dig into the side of a mountain. We just put a cover over it so that you can't actually see into it. It's kind of, uh, it's, it's uh, I don't know. You can see ours. I mean, you can go to, you can go to Bangor, Washington near where I live. Isn't this cool? I love this. Whoops. It didn't go. Didn't finish the trip. I guess I got to finish it for it. Uh, you can go to Bangor, Washington and zoom right in here. And the submarine base is right here. This big uh, strip right there is Swift Pack, Strategic Weapons System uh, Facility Pacific. Uh, the barracks I used to live in is over here. Um, anyway, zoom over here. This is Delta Pier. This is where most of the submarining takes place and certainly took place when I was there. Now, uh, th these are some handling wharfs. Not going to go into a lot of stuff here. But if you zoom in on the Delta Pier, you'll see three things. You see ballistic missile submarine right there, ballistic missile submarine over here, ballistic missile submarine in dry dock. And you see these two things right here? These are covers. Uh, if we don't want you to see what's going on, we just roll these covers over here. And voila, you cannot see what we're doing. There's some other piers down here where submarines occasionally tie up, uh, Marginal Wharf and, and the likes of that. Over here, there's submarine stuff. And 
just for the record, I live right over here in Silverdale. So you kind of see there's my street. I live right in there. Anyway, um, point of all this being that you can hide these assets all you want. I mean, you really can. There's not, it's, it's, it's not hard to physically hide an asset. But if you do that, you, you may notice something about this, um, about this, this, this hidden submarine base, this mountainside submarine base, kind of defeats the whole purpose of having ballistic missile submarines, doesn't it? I mean... Think about this for just a moment. Let's say that you want to launch. I'm sorry, I'm looking the other way because I'm trying to refocus back in on this submarine base over here. So let's say, for the sake of argument, that you know the, the stuff goes down and boom, all of a sudden you want to you want to have an atomic war with your enemy. Well, if all your submarines are inside this mountain, you can only fit one one of them at a time through there, right? That's pretty much all that's going to go through there. So you got to get all of these boys, these bad boys, out through that little opening. And in the process of this, uh, get your fast boats out as well. To, it's one of those right there, I believe. Nope, that's also a boomer. Uh, one of these guys up here. Uh, you got to get these guys out to protect them because, believe me, over here, uh, as we go out a little bit further, see this over here? Right out here where you need to get to, to, to be safe, quote-unquote, right out in here. Believe me, your opponent, which I presume would be us, uh, is going to have some fast attack boats out there waiting for these guys to come out. So which ones do you send out first? And in the meantime, all element of surprise, which we would somewhat euphemistically refer to as first strike capability, out the window. Because you got to get all these guys out of there. Not to mention the fact that, let's say, just for the sake of argument, just, just spitballing here, that you fly over this thing with a B-2, you know, a stealth bomber, and you hit this little hill right here with, sorry, I'm not even showing you what I'm looking at. That, that doesn't help, does it? Um, let's say you hit, where did that go? Sorry, I lost my, there it is. Um, you hit this little hill right above that. You can't see my, yeah, right there. With a few, uh, I don't know, Moabs, digging bombs. And what happens to this little hole that you're trying to push your submarines out of? It goes away, which means that you have all these submarines that are your national strategic assets uh, inside this little hill here, inside this little mountain. Not to mention the fact what happens if you start flattening the mountain a little bit whether with conventional weaponry or nuclear, sorry, nuclear weapon, weaponry, um, it just doesn't seem like that smart of an idea to me. It just doesn't. And, of course, that's what ended up happening with the U-boat pens in World War II is that they were brilliant protective devices. I mean, you couldn't get to the submarines. Great. But you could get everything around them and thus render them, at least for the most part, un unusable. And in the process of that... The things were well built, don't get me wrong, some of them are still there, but it didn't really help solve the problem for the Germans, and it didn't really help protect the boats as, hope, as well as they had hoped that it would. And I, I, I see this stuff, and I know people get hyper about it. The Chinese are hard in their submarines. And I'm just telling you, it's, it's not the panacea for submarine warfare that you might be led to believe that it is. 
which brings me to the point of all this, which was during the Cold War, I think we made two mistakes. Two. First mistake was we overestimated Soviet capabilities, particularly in submarine worlds. We, we badly overestimated it. They built you know, the Alpha-class submarine, which was the fastest, deepest diving submarine in the world. It's not what we call it. We, they call it the Akula, the shark. We call it the Alpha because we were just using this weird system. And it was fast. That thing could do 45, sometimes, some say 50 to 60 knots underwater. And it could dive deep, two, 3,000 meters, which is important because the deeper you go, the quieter you can be. Not at 43 knots, obviously, but you know you get the picture here. What we didn't know at the time was these things were built out of titanium, which is very brittle, and they were just unbelievably expensive. I mean, one of those things cost easily what four ballistic missile submarines could cost. It was highly automated, only had a crew of about 40, and they didn't last very long. They tended to break down a lot, but we overestimated. We were I remember in the 80s, we were deeply concerned about the Alpha-class submarine. We were deeply concerned about the Sierra-class submarines. The Mike-class submarine, the one that they built, was supposedly this super submarine. It sank. Uh, we tended to overestimate their capabilities. The second mistake we made was that we tended to underestimate their capabilities. We, we would sort of joke about Soviet junk and Soviet garbage and the likes of that. And it's easy to fall into that trap here because, again, these ballistic missile submarines that the Chinese are building are very early generation submarines. That doesn't mean the missiles they're carrying are early generations, but the submarines themselves certainly modeled upon submarine classes that had problems. That said, we tend to overestimate their capabilities sometimes, and we tend to underestimate their capabilities sometimes. And we need to strike a balance, and we need to strike a balance of reality, which is that putting your submarines underground sounds really cool, and it probably does protect them up to a point. And if you're a Chinese sailor and you get to go into the secret underground submarine lair, it's probably really cool. But the reality of it is, is it's not very effective in a strategic sense. Maybe it might protect them but it's too easy to trap them in there. Well, the other thing you could do, you could pull a, a, what the Brits did in the uh, Second World War with the Campbellton. What if you were able to, somehow or another, drop some dynamite or some kind of, some kind of charge right in here, a mine right in here? You could, you could easily block this thing up. So all I'm saying to you is if you're one of those people that is losing sleep because the Chinese are hiding their submarines... You don't need to lose any sleep about it. They're, the, the Navy and the, the Department of Defense are fully aware of what's going on, and I think they can handle it. If I didn't think they could handle it, well, then maybe I'd be worried, but I'm not, and you shouldn't be either. <laughs>